Hello there, lovely listener. Welcome to episode two of the Author to Author podcast. If you are joining me for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Pamela R. Haynes, multi-award-winning author of two books, Loving the Brothers and Loving the Sisters. This week, I had the pleasure of being interviewed on the Mahogany Silver Rain radio show based in the United States, followed by an interview with Pitch Black magazine based in the United Kingdom. I hope you had a wonderful Mothering Sunday. I spent the day with my family. If you are a self-published author and would like to appear on my podcast, simply drop me a line to author2authorinquiries at gmail.com along with your bio. I will also need a copy of your book to give away as a competition prize. Slots for season six are going already, so contact me today. In this week's episode, I interviewed self-published author James Davison, author of the book Mindy's Journey. Let's dive into his interview now. See you on the other side. Hello there, James. Thank you for joining me on the Author to Author podcast. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. As I'm sure I'll get into, I have four little ones. Every day is a new adventure with, uh, with so many of us, but we we manage <laughs> somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, James, tell us, where in the world are you? I am based in the UK. Specifically, I'm in Wolverhampton. I was born in Luton. My family moved to Tipton when I was just a baby. So I was at Tipton growing up, but I've always been in and out of Wolverhampton. And now I live here and have lived here for coming up to nine years. And that's our connection really, isn't it? Um, I met you at the TEDx Wolverhampton talk. I came out to support Aurea Reese, and I met you during the break where you were selling your book. And thank you so much for gifting us two copies of Mindy's Journey, your first children's book. It is, yes. I've been working with the Prince's Trust to start my own business, um, creating children's stories. The name of the business is Progressive Play. The goal of it is to use fictionalized storytelling to address real world issues. Specifically, one incredibly important to me is uh, mental health, because I've already mentioned I'm a father of four, but I'm also, I'm neurodiverse. So I have Tourette's, non-epileptic attack disorder and affective dysregulation. So I've got sort of both perspectives as someone who has long-term mental health conditions, as well as uh, a parent and knowing how challenging it can be to try and address those issues with little ones. So I was hoping to be able to use my creativity to empower children and adults to talk about mental health, but also provide them with a a framework in order to start those conversations. So I started with the Prentice Trust in March of last year. Uh, at this point, I had already been self-funding Mindy's Journey before that. Um, and what they, the support the Prentice Trust gave to me was to to be able to do like the businessy side to start like a business plan, get a cash flow forecast, start setting those sort of where I see myself 
going with the business, but also then they provided me with grant funding in order to start test trading, so printing some books in order to start selling, just to gauge the interest in it to see if it was a viable business plan. And thankfully, the response that I've had to it has been more than I could have ever expected. <laughs> that's that's good. But you've said a lot there. And so I want to go back a bit. I think I know what Tourette's is. I've never heard of the other two conditions that you mentioned. Could you say a little bit more for uh, my audience? What's that about? Yes, Tourette's is probably the most commonly known uh, out of the three conditions. With the Tourette's, I have both physical and um, vocal tics, so I do come out with words and phrases. Sometimes not always the most flattering, but I can somewhat limit... Uh, I've grown accustomed to be able to manage my conditions so that it's uh, the way I sort of see it, it's like it's a pressure gauge in my head. And sometimes I might let a little one out in order to stave off doing it more frequently. But it can also mean that like um, I can stammer at time to times because my brain's trying to com- compartmentalize those things. But um, the way that I've initially got diagnosed with Tourette's was because I started having a I started shaking uncontrollably and was unable to stop it was later found out that this was due to having me having non-epileptic attack disorder so with non-epileptic attack disorder it, it presents a lot like epilepsy so I will shake and it by all accounts if you didn't know you would think I was having an epileptic fit but the difference is that mine's for to be more tied to my psychology rather than my neurology which is the case with um, epilepsy so it's my brain psychologically I might be feeling a certain way and then this is my just my body's response to it Um, so I don't black out in the same way that an epileptic person would i actually do get a warning like i if i can know beforehand like oh i think i'm gonna have a fit and remove myself from whatever situation that i'm in but when i'm having it i just shake uncontrollably and i'm unresponsive for that time so um i'm still conscious just i can't speak or anything because i'm just so focused on the uh the process, I guess, um, of having a seizure. They can vary in severities. Like, so sometimes I can have some that are only a few minutes. I've had ones that are a few hours long. I can also get them in my sleep. So sometimes I can wake up having, like, feeling really drained, even though I might have had a full night's sleep. And then it's realised I'll stand up and, ow, my leg's really hurting because I've pulled a muscle because I've been shaking in my sleep and then effective dysregulation can affect my moods so i can have quite i can have quite big feelings so um when i'm happy i'm really happy when i'm not i'm definitely not it's not something as severe as say like bipolar disorder where they they can switch between the two extremes mine it is less severe but it's something that i'm uh, i have to be like I'm conscious of because also like having four little ones it's you know they're not going to fully understand 
what's going on. So if daddy's, uh, we use the term grumpy. If daddy's grumpy, it's like I have to be conscious. Oh, like something, and try and remove myself from the situation and like allow myself to deal with what it is that's going on, and then I can sort of move on from that and it can affect my ability to socialize although i'm also one of five ch- children myself so we always always had people in and out of the house so i'm used to lots of things going on um, um thank you for sharing that um, with us you're being quite open and you know candid about your mental health i would never have known when I spoke to you that day at the Wolverhampton TEDx, I was fully engaged in our conversation about your book. And I love the way that you, despite your challenges, you put yourself in situations like you did at TEDx, where you were surrounded by people that day. It was really busy and you managed yourself really well, um, which is why we're having this interview today. A little bit you said earlier was about your involvement with the Prince's Trust. How did that happen? As well as being from Wolverhampton, I'm a a graduate of the Wolverhampton University. So I originally went to study games designs. Mindy's Journey, funnily enough, started as a game idea. I stayed on, did a, a postgraduate, so a master's in digital and visual communications. Uni had a big effect on me overall. One being I never had any uh, real intention to go to uni initially. It was only when I found out that I was going to be a dad that I thought, okay, maybe I have to get serious about what it is I actually want from life. But alongside like just making the games, we would have contextual studies modules where we look about the different aspects of games outside of just the making them. So like, one book uh, that had a big impact on me was called uh, Values of Play in Digital Games by a woman called uh, Mary Flanagan. And she talks about like that all games, regardless of like delivery platform or genre, have that uh, messages that they portray to their audiences. And that like this can be this happens regardless of whether the game game designer consciously put those mess that message in or not. I've come to realize it's not just games, it's all forms of storytelling have messages. But when I heard that it sort of recontextualized what kind of games that I wanted to make. Like being a, a father, I want to be able to share what I create with my my little ones, but I also want us to be able like sharing that experience, but also both come away with something from it so like I'm a big fan of animation so I part of my MA we did also did a series of lectures on animation and specifically looking at like uh, Pixar and they're a company that I love because uh, they're able to create films that can deal with really deep emotional themes but also do it in a way that like it's universal sort of storytelling children can watch it adults can watch it you can both enjoy the experience depending on where you are at at different points in your life you can gain different things from it i wanted to try and take that kind of storytelling and apply it to to games so i initially started out wanting to to start my own games company 
And so I worked with the university and then I did, uh, went to the School for Social Entrepreneurs, which is uh, run by Lloyds Bank. But during my experiences, during university, I'd sort of lost confidence in my ability to make games and then also being on the School for Social Entrepreneurs program as in a cohort of people who were all running their own business social enterprises and they're all very like impressive people and I was just coming there with like an idea of something that, that I wanted to do so I was feeling a lot of um imposter syndrome so then well I thought well if if I can't make games what am I going to do um and I, I struggled with this for a, a long time I'd also periodically been challenged about well You've got these great ideas for games that you want to make, but will the children actually get the messaging from it or will they just be focused on the, the gameplay? And so, well, I started to think, well, what's the easiest way that I can tell the story of one of the games to the children in the most basic format and they'll, they get it? So I started reciting Mindy's Journey as a bedtime story for my eldest and she's like, uh, Daddy, I think you should make it into an actual story because I'd like to share it with my friends. Um, and eventually I was like, okay, Lily, I think you're right. So I had started beginning that process of trying to learn how you actually make a children's book. And then, as I said, I was funding it all, all myself. Originally, I was going to do both the artworks and the writing. Subsequently realized well if I ever wanted to actually get made I might have to let go of some of that I was able to find a man uh, called Darren Gate who illustrated the book and so then I had contacted Darren and then that's we started had a few conversations then started the ball rolling on trying to get the book made so I was making making payments to to him but then again even though I had done some business stuff with the with the unis I had done some stuff with the school for social entrepreneurs I knew the book was coming I was going to make it but what do I do once it's here so I reached out to the the princess trust because someone had recommended recommended them so I did a two-day workshop with two-day workshop with them to then decide whether I wanted to go ahead and sign up for like their enterprise program I went ahead with it had we had some initial conversations and I was paired with s someone from the Princess Trust to help support me through getting the business plan up the cash flow forecast because they were putting me forward for grant funding but um in order to do that, I had to do a, a, a pitch meeting. So getting me ready for said meeting. Thankfully, it all went well and I'm able to start printing printing the books and uh, start selling it to others. I've had my own journey getting to this point. <laughs> um, James, it's been a, a really interesting journey as well that you've been on as well. And I love the way that you access different um, support at different times um, to get your book out there. And it is a beautiful book with a beautiful cover and lovely illustrations. 
in it, as you say. How easy did the writing of it come to you? Because it's um, it's 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 rhyming as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. I've always been a big fan of all forms of storytelling. Like I've I've talked about how I love games, how I loved animation, songwriting, and music was also like um, I I've played in a number of bands over the years. And so I would be the one quite often would be writing my own songs. Like I read with my children every night, but they can love having the same book read to them over and over again. And so it got to the point where I could recite some of them almost by memory. I think it was one day when I was, oh, it's very late, but you're insisting you have to have a bedtime story. Okay, let's do this one because I know this, I can do this one. And I was, reciting it quite quickly and then I realized uh, there's a bit of a beat so I think it was I love my daddy so I think you got I love my daddy yes I do he's very kind of funny to eat it yeah you get and I was like oh there's a beat there so when when I was started to think of how would I find my way into writing a children's story I sort of drew back on some of that that experience and like I treated it very much like a song initially and so like Mindy was a happy girl whose head was always in the clouds until one day she got some news that turned her whole world upside down so there's a rhythm to it when I was on school drop off and pick up we walk to and from school I'd walk and I'd sort of be reciting it in my head and sort of editing it as I'm doing it and then it got to the point where like now I think I've I had a, a clearer understanding of what I wanted to do with the story. And so then it just became a process of getting it down on, I would say on paper, I, I did it digitally. <laughs> so just typing it, typing it down and then just looking through what I've wrote and then just going, tweaking some things, adding extra things, but I already had sort of the framework sort of lined out. And although Mindy's journey is, like my first children's book I have other stories written which I intend to make again all dealing with mental health but from a different perspective again that would be the process when I'm I'm writing any story like I would sometimes I just need to find like the first couple of lines some people might find it more difficult to do rhyming but I find it much easier because in my head, I'm just like, if I find the next rhyme, I've found, sort of found the next line. Fantastic. How has the book been received, firstly, by your children? And secondly, in general, has there been a demand for a book like this? Well, Lily, Lily, who's my eldest, she loves it. My four children, Lily's eight, Gwen is five, Dorothy is two, and we've got Iris, who's just turned one. Dottie and Iris are just, they just like, flicking through the book they're just like oh pretty colors when we have a rotation of books and sometimes she'll ask for it's nice when she's like i want daddy's book tonight like that's thank you gwen <laughs> but Lil lily was very very excited about it um i did a reading um a reading at her at her school initially i was told was just going to be for her class then it became her year group and then I think by the end of it it was uh, read to like over 100 children and I was like okay I guess I'm doing that 
couple of other schools. I did a talk at Coventry Uni about storytelling and mental health and sharing sort of my my journey as well. Um, and I've just done a reading at Wolverhampton Library as part of their literature festival. The response has been very, very good, but I'm not one to sort of rest on my laurels. I always want to be doing more stuff. <laughs> Uh, Lily, I would also mention, she's an author herself, my eight-year-old. She won a writing competition because when I was looking for my illustrator, I had found a, a design company who were at, out of my price range at the time, but I continued to follow them on social media and saw that they were running a writing competition. And so I said, Lily, why don't you enter? And she ended up winning. So she's got the magic bunny which I subsequently asked the company, well, I'm already printing and selling my own books. Would you mind if I did the same for Lily? And that, thankfully, they were happy for me to do that. But part of the motivation for that was, you know, I call my business progressive play. To be progressive, in my opinion, is also to champion and inspire others as well as talk about the things that are important to me. So I wanted to celebrate her success, but that's also like the motivation for me wanting to do more talks and readings is to inspire others to tell their own stories. I mean, congratulations, James, on um, being part of the Wolverhampton Literature Festival. So that's a really good move in the right direction. And also congratulations to your daughter for having her own book and doing well with that as well. How easy is it to get your books into libraries and into school libraries in particular? That's something that I'm still sort of figuring out <laughs> myself. Although I did create the business plan, it wasn't uh, like a step-by-step a -step guide of how this is how I'm going to do absolutely everything. It was just a sort of like, this is what I hope to achieve given a certain one year, what you hope to achieve after one year, what you have to hope to achieve three or five years from now and sort of like justifying my, like what's my unique selling point and a lot you know a lot of the the business talk I never sat down to put like this is going to be my marketing strategy because I was successful in my my pitch and received the grant funding I have been now teamed up with a uh, a business like a professional business mentor as part of the Prince's Trust and that sort of what I'm figuring out now is like okay you you've got the books they have been selling you've done a lot of good things but let's like focus on okay this is going to be how we're going to reach the most people how we're going to be the most effective in terms of marketing but up until now it's just I'll go and just have a conversation with someone just putting myself out there just as much as possible. So like the TEDx event um, we met at, like I have listened to some TED Talks over the years. So like from following Mary Flanagan, I had heard about like a company called Games for Change, which deals with their dub social impact games. So similarly games that address real world social issues. And so I'd listened to some of their TED Talks. And so I saw 
TEDx Wolverhampton. Uh, I did ask the Prince's Trust, like, is this something I should do? They felt at the time that maybe it was best to wait a bit until I've had a bit more experience. Um, but I still knew what, that I wanted to be involved in in some way. And so I reached out to them because I had sought like an open call for like businesses to get involved. Wasn't able to do like one of their partnership packages. But in our conversations, they had sort of invited me like, well, why don't you come and do a market stall as part of the event? You're still still involved in some way. And so that's what I've been doing, really, just doing lots of lots of pop up events, as many as I can. And like, just I'm never like I I did work on the markets for a while, like um, selling fruit and veg whilst I was still figuring out what I wanted to do um but I was never one of the the ones calling out saying come at, uh, come look at my wares I w- I've always taken a more step back approach and allow people to come and approach me um and so like when I when I I have like made a sale it's usually been a case of someone's approached the store looked at the books I've invited them to to read the books and then shared with them some of my story. And then that usually motivates them to, to want to purchase. It might sound that I'm doing it manipulatively, but it's just, it's something that I'm passionate about. And I wasn't always this open as I am now, but when I first got my like diagnosis for all, all of my diagnoses, Although I probably had the conditions long before I was diagnosed. I didn't like to address it because I in my head, like, I don't want to be defined by my conditions, but over the time it's like, no, I'm not defined by my conditions, but there's no sense of denying that I have them. And actually, um, I've had these conversations with uh, with Lily. She had had someone who at school called her called her weird once. And I had talked to her about like, well, look at all the stories um, that we love, like superhero movies, princesses, like the Disney films, Pixar films. The lead character is often different from everybody else, but that's what ultimately makes them special and makes them the hero of that story. So you want to embrace that uniqueness, your weirdness. And so it's taken me a long time, but I am at a place where, I'm embracing who I am, and so I'm happy to share that with others. And I find that people buy into your story first, and then the sale comes. You know, they, you know, if they really they like you and they like what you're saying. Uh, they can relate, or it resonates with them, or they have um, a child or a young adult at home who has similar conditions. They buy into you as, in lots of cases, as a role model that, you know, despite challenges, you can still succeed. I just had a couple more questions for you, really. When do you think the second book is likely to come online Um, and get published? I'm beginning those sort of conversations now because because I've written so many, it's it's also, I don't want to have the sophomore slump. (laughs) I'm trying to pick what is the right story for me to tell next although i've already told it because it's already written but what what should be 
the follow-up. Um, Lily definitely has her opinions. You should do this one. I'm like, um, well, you were right about Mindy's journey, so evidently you may be right about the next one. I consider myself a social enterprise, so it's great having the books and being able to do what I'm do- doing as an individual, but I want to be able to do that on a much bigger scale. So I'm trying to also, at the same time, trying to start those conversations with organizations such as like Young Minds or NSPCC, because that they equally may have opinions of like what story would be right for them if they were to to get involved. So this is all tying into like the 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 marketing strategy that me and my business mentor are, are working on now. It took me a long time to do Mindy's Journey. I think I wrote the original draft of it at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, and it was released in June last year, so so two years. But now I have a lot more knowledge of the processes involved. So I do have, uh, like, I've been printing all my own books because... On my MA course, there was a woman, Cal Westbrook. Uh, she had done a, a storybook as like her final end of year show. Um, I did naturally did a game. <laughs> she did a, um, a storybook. So I'd asked her, "This is something I'm thinking about doing myself now. Uh, where did you get them, get them printed?" And it's a company called Shropshire Printing Limited. So I think they're based in Telford. I've never actually been there. I've only ever had conversations with them digitally, but um, but they've printed printed my books. They've printed Lily's books. So I've sort of, um, set up with a printer now. I now know about ISBNs, in, international standard book numbers, and all that's involved with that because that was something like I have no idea what that is. Is that something I need? So, <laughs> thankfully, that the the process. The turnaround should be much quicker now that I I know what's involved, but it can also be down to like um. So my my illustrator uh, Darren at the time I was happy for it to to be a longer process because as I said I was self financing, and that allowed me to work within the means of our household. But we both ended up having children. He had his first child during the process of creating uh, the illustrations for Mindy's journey. I had baby number four during that time. So provided that I have no plans for baby number five, that was another thing that um, did extend the amount of time that it took to get Mindy's journey made. When I wrote my business plan, I said I wanted to have two or three stories out within the first year of establishing the business. I'm sort of cheating because I I've got Lily's book as as well as my own so that's technically two but <laughs> so by the end of this year I'm hoping I'm not hoping I will have my third progressive play will have their third book out in the world. <laughs> so James you are not just an author you are a publisher as well because you published your own book and you published your daughter's book as well. Um, If people want to follow you on your journey, how can they get in touch with you via social media? They can follow Progressive Play on Facebook, facebook.com slash Progressive Play, on Instagram, on 
progressive play underscore J-J-A-Y. The books are available for physical editions in the UK uh, from www.progressiveplay.store and I ship them out myself. That's why I'm only doing UK at the moment (laughs) because I've got to work out international shipping. But for anyone who is international or just prefers the digital format, they are um, Mindy's Journey and The Magic Bunny are both available on on Amazon as digital ebooks. If you go on my Facebook or my Instagram, I have shop pages for both of the books on my social media, which will take you through to progressiveplay.store. Thank you. Thank you, James, for that. And also because you gifted us two copies of Mindy's Journey, I have a copy here for anyone across the globe who wants to enter our competition today. So thank you very much for that. And thank you. We've been trying since last year, haven't we, to set up this um, interview. Oh, I'm very, very grateful. We all finally got me. there. Yeah, you were poorly, then I was poorly, and you know, but we got there in the end. So I'm really glad that we've been able to have this time for this interview. James, I wish you all the best with your publishing and your um, author business. Wishing your daughter all the best on her journey as well. I'm sure there are more books from her to come as well. And thank you for joining me on the Author to Author podcast. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with James as much as I enjoyed interviewing him. It's competition time now. During the interview, James mentioned his daughter's name. What is it? Taking part in the competitions couldn't be easier. Simply follow me at LovingTheAuthor on Instagram and DM me with the answer to the question for your opportunity to win a copy of James' book, Mindy's Journey. That's all for now, folks. Have a fantastic week ahead and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.